So my son, who's in first grade and has been learning about butterflies, just corrected my children's time. Apparently, the butterflies, the, the, what did you say, Max? The caterpillars start in Mexico, and then they turn into butterflies, and they fly all the way up here. Is that right? Okay, cool. But we still want to welcome them on their journey. So that point <laughs> remains clear. Our second reading today comes from the Gospel of Luke in the 24th chapter verses 44 through 53, and can be found on page 91 of the New Testament portion of your pew Bible. Let us continue to listen to God's word to us this day. Then Jesus said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms must be fulfilled. Then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures And he said to them, thus it is written that the Messiah is to suffer and to rise from the dead on the third day, and that repentance and forgiveness of sins is to be proclaimed in his name to all nations, beginning from Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things, and see, I am sending upon you what my father promised. So stay here in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high." Then he led them out as far as Bethany, and lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he was blessing them, he withdrew from them and was carried up into heaven. And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy, and they were continually in the temple blessing God. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. Well, for our younger listeners, are those who find it helpful to have things to listen for to track, here are three things. The first, when does this story take place? The second, when is it hard to receive a blessing? And the third, how many times do I say bless or blessing? And you might want a pencil, because let me just tell you it's a lot. Well, the Bible is such an interesting compilation of books, isn't it? There is an overlap between stories, particularly in the Gospels, where the stories of Jesus are shared with similar words, or the same story is shared from different perspectives. This story that we just read from Luke, however, only appears in Luke. Luke is the only gospel in which there is a clear narration of Jesus's ascension, which is only alluded to in the other gospels. The book of Acts, which is also written by the same author as Luke, also has an ascension story. And here comes another fun aspect of the Bible, the way it contradicts itself. With Luke's account happening on Easter night after a full day of appearing to the disciples in different ways, and the Acts account happening after 40 days of appearances by Jesus. We could have a lot of fun quibbling about that, but I'm really looking forward to eating that strawberry shortcake that's downstairs. So let's just lay aside these inconsistencies for the moment and walk through Luke's story together. Again, it's Easter night. Earlier in the day, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the other women with them have discovered that the tomb where Jesus' body had been buried after his death was empty. They ran to tell the apostles that they had seen the angels who confirmed that Jesus was alive, but no one believed them. Then some of those apostles were walking on the road to Emmaus when Jesus appeared to them, although they didn't realize it was him until they broke bread with him. 
After he disappeared, they returned to Jerusalem to tell all the others. And while they were all talking about it, Jesus stood among them, saying, Peace be with you. As the apostles stood there terrified, believing they had seen a ghost, Jesus shows them his hands and his feet and eats in front of them. This is where today's story begins. After eating that broiled fish, proving to his followers that he is alive and real, Jesus once again begins to open their minds to understand the scripture, remarking that they are witnesses of the things that have been fulfilled in him. Jesus then tells them that he will send what my father promised, which we understand as the spirit, and leads them to Bethany. It is here that he lifts his hands and blesses them, and then is carried up into heaven. So what does that mean? What is a blessing? We use that word regularly and often pretty casually. We say, God bless you when somebody sneezes. We offer a blessing over our meal. We count our blessings. We talk about blessings in disguise. One might ask for a blessing before becoming engaged to Mary. I've even seen tote bags that say hashtag blessed. According to scholar Fred Craddock, the blessing is a priestly act in which Jesus places his disciples in the care and favor of God, even before the promised Holy Spirit comes. The disciples are assured of God's kind attention. So when we pronounce a blessing, we are seeking protection and favor for that person or situation. So what does it mean that not only Jesus would bless his disciples as he ascends to heaven, but also that Jesus' followers were continually in the temple blessing God? I think it means living a life with arms wide open. I often find that my relaxed position is with arms crossed. Any of you sit like this or stand like this? It seems to be my go-to position. But when I notice myself in this stance, particularly in the midst of other people, I quickly open my arms so as not to seem off-putting. I've learned enough about body language to know that a person with their arms crossed is much less approachable. If we live an arms-crossed life, it's hard to receive a blessing. It occurs to me that I've heard people talk about and said to my, myself on more than one occasion that they feel like the only way they hear God or sense God's presence is when God has knocked them upside the head. If we're living an arms-crossed life, this may be the only way that God has to get through to us. But if we live an arms-open life, we find ourselves surprised by the evidence of blessing all around us. A few weeks ago, I was waiting alongside my family for a clearer cancer diagnosis for my dad. I found myself being run down by the smallest of things, not realizing the impact this fear in the waiting was having on me. I read an article about the power of gratitude in Thanksgiving and decided to buy myself a new journal to write in each day, a gratitude journal. Every day I would open it up, and all I could think to be grateful for were lilacs. After a few days of writing that the smell of lilacs was the one and only thing I was grateful for, I asked a friend who keeps a gratitude journal if being grateful for the same thing every day counted. She just laughed at me. As I opened up to the staff and to others about needing to travel to Rochester to be with my dad during surgery, 
It was though my whole body was unfurling. I found myself walking in the world in a new way and experiencing others differently. I had been living with my arms crossed. And when they began to open, the world was a new place. My dad's diagnosis hadn't changed. I had no new information, but I was better able to deal with the anxiety it provoked for me and other members of my family. I was better able to sit with people in the congregation and to listen to the joys and concerns that they were dealing with. And let me tell you that sitting in the hospital with arms wide open is a very different experience. I was able to sit with my parents in a way I'm not often able to. And when my best friend from childhood brought a grilled cheese sandwich and cookies, I nearly wept with sheer joy. I know I'm a pretty dramatic person, but I cannot remember weeping over grilled cheese before. For the record, my dad is doing well. The surgery removed all of the cancer. And though he'll have many weeks of radiation, which will stink, I can't help but be grateful for the way in which this moment brought my family closer, if only briefly. And the ways in which I saw that they had community that rallied around them that I didn't even know existed. As an only child who lives four and a half hours away, let me tell you what a relief that was. Before I left, my dad told me what a blessing I had been in those three days. Now, this is not the way my dad usually talks. I was imagined being outside when I delivered this <coughs> sermon and not being recorded, so my dad's going to hear this now, but hey, he knows it's true. If you can imagine the most opinionated, grumpy person you know who also cries during meals, you're pretty much imagining my dad. He doesn't praise people to their face very often. So it's telling me that I was a blessing caught me completely off guard. I wonder if that's a little of how the disciples felt. This man that they've walked with, listened to, messed up in front of, watched die, doubted, or were too fearful to even believe was alive, has just appeared before them and offered them forgiveness, elevated them as witnesses, offered them a blessing, and then sent them on a mission. As scholar R. Alan Culpepper has said, the gospel therefore ends by elevating three of the most characteristics of God's action. God has been experienced by the community of faith as one who saves, sends, and blesses. God is our redeemer and God has blessed us. And those who have been saved and blessed know themselves to be sent to save and bless others in God's name. Friends, if you're living an arms-crossed life, not only is it difficult to receive a blessing, it's also nearly impossible to give a blessing. Would you believe me that I was being sincere if I said, may the Lord bless you and keep you? Let's try it again. May the Lord bless you and keep you. That felt different, didn't it? God's provision and care are abundant but we have to open ourselves to it, to receive it and to pass it along. So my challenge to you today is to do a body scan. And if your arms are open, go wrap them around someone and offer them whatever blessing of care and provision comes to your mind. And if your arms are closed, take some time to think about how you might practice opening them. 
for God is near. And God's love, mercy, and forgiveness have been offered to you. You have been saved, sent, and blessed. So go and live with arms wide open. Alleluia and amen.